Well, if you were here last week, we, um, we took a look at an event in Israel's history that was really a, a battle for the very spiritual soul of the nation. Would the people of God worship Baal or would they worship Yahweh, God? It was a battle of wits, really, between two leaders in Israel, King Ahab and the prophet Elijah. Elijah standing alone versus 600 of Ahab's pagan prophets. God was the victor and the the worship of Baal was put out to pasture. Now that didn't mean that the people of Israel knew what it meant to follow Yahweh. They had no clue. But at least they weren't worshiping Baal anymore. Our scripture passage today, which is... Uh, leading into another confrontation between Ahab and Elijah deals with this misunderstanding of what it means to be a follower of God. See, there was a man named Naboth who lived in, in Israel. He had a vineyard that had been in his family for generations, a family farm. We have one in Iowa that's been in our family since the mid-1800s when they came over from Germany. It'll always be the Voigt's family farm. This was Naboth's farm. It was his vineyard. It it was handed down to him by his father and then from his grandfather and great-grandfather. Now the problem for Naboth is that the king, King Ahab, built a summer house right next door. And now the king wanted Naboth's vineyard for himself. It would be a nice addition to his property. So one day the king said to Naboth, you know, your vineyard's right next door to me. I'd like to buy it from you. I'll pay cash. And if you, but if you would rather, I'll trade you this vineyard for a much bigger one in a much better location. It's up to you. What, what would you like to do? Naboth didn't even have to think about it. Oh, I'm so sorry, your majesty, he said. This vineyard has been in my family for generations. There's no way I'd ever leave this place. I'm so sorry. So frustrated, Ahab went home, and he really put on a good good wine. He pouted. He was frustrated. He was angry. The scripture says he got in bed and faced the wall. I mean, he was really feeling sorry for himself. You know, it feels good sometimes, doesn't it, just to feel so sorry for yourself? Oh, it just feels so good. I'm such a victim. He was whining. He was just in a bad way. So his wife comes home, finds him in bed, whining and pouting. She says, what in the world could have possibly made you feel this way? Now I think before we go any further, we need to talk a little bit about Ahab's wife. You heard from the scripture, her name was Jezebel. And yes, she's the source of all the women who have ever been called Jezebels throughout history. It started with her. This was one smart, evil, conniving woman. I mean, her spiritual gift was evil. Getting her way. Being manipulative. See, her marriage to Ahab was a political one. She was the daughter of the king of the nation of Phoenicia. And 
Jezebel, when they got married, was really the one, not Ahab, who encouraged the worship of Baal in God's, for God's people. Remember last week we talked about how all those prophets of Baal tried to get Baal to light the altar? Those were her prophets that she brought with her from her foreign land. And when they were destroyed at that showdown at Mount Carmel, she was furious. Jezebel is portrayed in the, as, as, as one of the most evil women in the entire Bible. You know, it's interesting when, when we see new babies being born, and these little girls are never named Jezebel. Have you noticed that? It's probably a good thing. So Ahab is whining to his wife. Never a good thing. I've tried that. It doesn't work. And he's whining about Naboth's vineyard. Well, I asked him to sell me the vineyard, and he said no. No, I'm frustrated. Oh, he was mad and frustrated. Well, as most wives don't do and they shouldn't do, she had no sympathy for him at all. Now quit your whining. Just stop it. She said, are you the king of Israel or not? Why are you acting this way? She says, don't you worry. I'll take care of this. You want want Naboth's vineyard? I'll get it for you. Boy, that's setting up some real drama. See, as a Jew, and even though he was a pretty unfaithful Jew, King Ahab knew that kings did not have the right to do whatever they wanted to do. For example, a king of Israel couldn't just walk up to someone and say, hey, you, I'm taking your property. That's why he offered to buy this vineyard or trade it for one that was nicer because that was part of the customs, the law, the culture. Where Jezebel was from, the king had absolute power. She wasn't accustomed to this Israeli culture where the king had to abide by certain ethical rules. See, Ahab's mistake here is that while he knew what was right, He took moral advice from someone who was outside of the faith. He knew what Jezebel was probably going to do. But he allowed someone who didn't know God to tell him how to act. And to tell him what was right. See, it's important for us to surround ourselves with other Christians who can give us sound moral advice. That's why the best place to develop friendships and relationships is right here in church. You know, I I still to this day don't understand how Christians can loosen God's standards because non-Christians say it's okay. This is exactly what Naboth did in listening to his pagan wife. So what did Jezebel do? to get this vineyard away from Naboth? Well, for starters, she wrote letters in in Ahab's name, forged his name, sealed them with his official seal, and she sent them to all the leaders in the village where Naboth lived. The letters said they should honor Naboth in 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 a village meal. 
sit him at the seat of honor, and then find two scoundrels, the Bible says, to stand up in the back of the room and make false accusations against him. They should stand up and say, I heard Naboth curse the king, and he even cursed God, even though, of course, it wasn't true. The intent was that the people would be so upset that they would take Naboth out and stone him to death as a criminal. And sadly, that's exactly what happened. So poor Naboth lost his life. And see, in that culture, when a criminal is put to death, all of that criminal's property went to the king. So they named him a criminal, had him killed, and then the king could get his property. So Naboth got his vineyard and turned it into a vegetable garden. See, how we treat those who are less powerful than we are is a real test of our character, isn't it? See, it's easy to respect those who are in authority over us because they can affect our lives. So when the bishop comes in, the pastors always are real friendly because the bishop could send you someplace you don't want to go. But how we treat someone who can't affect our lives, that's something altogether different. See, it's, it's easy to take advantage of people. And many times, no one will ever know that we've done it. So when we're, when we're nice to somebody, only because it might benefit us, we're only using them to get what we want. And it's only selfishness that we have as an intention See, as as Ahab was in his new vineyard, he was removing the grapevine so he could plant his carrots or whatever he was going to plant. Elijah approached him. Oh boy, we're going to have another showdown here. I wonder what he thought when he saw the old crusty Elijah walking towards him. And this is what's interesting with the history that we know between Ahab and Elijah and with the security detail that would be protecting the king, how could it be that the prophet Elijah could walk alone and meet with the king in his garden? So it's just the two of them together. I mean, when you're a king, you're never alone. You always have people around you. But yet here he is alone, and Elijah approaches him. See, what we sometimes find out in our lives is that we can only run from God for so long. The truth of what we've done, the truth of who we are is going to catch up with us. We all have to face God alone Sometime in our lives. This was Ahab's time. If you have your Bibles, look at verse 20. 
of 1 Kings chapter 21. Ahab sees Elijah walking towards him in this vineyard, and he says, So my enemy has found me, Ahab exclaimed to Elijah. Yes, Elijah answered. I have come because you have sold yourself to what is evil in the Lord's sight. The Lord is going to bring disaster to you and sweep you away. He will not let a single one of your male descendants, slave or free alike, survive in Israel. And when Ahab heard this message from Elijah, he knew he couldn't run from God any longer. He was exhausted in his sin, and he knew it was over. So what did this evil king do? He repented of his sin. He went into deep mourning. Ahab knew that what he had done was wrong. He had allowed a non-believer influence him into living a sinful life and worshiping other gods. And it resulted in an innocent man losing his life. Look at verse 28. Then another message from the Lord came to Elijah. God said, do you see how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has done this, I will not do what I promised during his lifetime. Anybody can repent and humble themselves before God. Even an evil king like Ahab can return to the Lord. What's going to be your response when you find yourself alone with God? Ahab had allowed his pagan wife to have too much influence over him. Verse 25 says, No one else so completely sold himself to what was evil in the Lord's sight as did Ahab, for his wife Jezebel influenced him. And the evil is not that he allowed a woman to influence him. What he did was that he allowed someone who was not of the faith have influence over him. See, we who are believers of Jesus should never allow the godless world to influence how we know we should live. And for those of you graduating high school this year, Talk to those who are graduating from college. You're about to enter this head on. What we Christians sometimes forget is that what we believe in our hearts should always extend in how we live and how we treat other people. See, our personal holiness should always end up as social holiness. Too many of us say that we believe in Jesus, that the Bible is God's word. We give all the right Sunday school answers. You know what a Sunday school answer is? It's saying the right thing. It's like, would you like to go out and play, Johnny? Yes, because Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins. 
It's the Sunday school answer. Oh, you're such a good boy. Too many of us know the right answers, but there's a disconnect in how we live our lives. The choices we make in our personal lives don't reflect what we say that we believe. Being a disciple of Jesus means that what we believe is consistent with how we live. See, deep down, Ahab knew better than this. But he allowed his pagan wife to talk him into a different set of social standards. God wants consistency in our lives. Either we're going to be consistently unfaithful to God or consistently faithful to God. The danger to our souls come when we're inconsistent. And it's not only dangerous for ourselves, it's dangerous for all the Naboths in our lives. Think about this. This seems like a simple question. Has God been good to you? I mean, we all go through things in our lives we wish we didn't go through, but you know what? Has God been good to you? Has God blessed your life? Are you a better person because God's in your life? Well, if so, then go bless somebody else's life. Be a blessing to someone. See, it's all about having a faith that goes from the inside out into other people's lives. See, Jesus didn't just tell us that he loved us. He proved it by dying on the cross and by rising from the dead. He proved it. In a couple minutes, we're going to share the Lord's Supper together. And as we do, I encourage you to pray that your life will be a life of consistency. That you're the same person whether you're at home, at work, at school, here at church, wherever you are. You're the same person. Because see, being the same person everywhere, having that consistency in our lives, that's a mark of someone completely committed to Jesus. That's a sign that you're a disciple. And that's what Jesus wants us to be. Let's pray together.